Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. It's great to be back once again with all of our listeners to be able to open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more from those rich teachings and truths that He has communicated to us through the Scriptures. How blessed we are to be able to do that on a regular basis. And here on Search the Scriptures, we strive to do that every day, Monday through Friday. We hope that uh, you are enjoying our study together as we go through from one study to another, actually, but always centered in God's Word. Now, we hear from many of you who tell us that you listen every day to the program, and that's a tremendous encouragement to us, and we pray that it is a great blessing to you and others around you because of the knowledge you're gaining by listening and studying with us from God's Word each day, and then being able to pass that knowledge on to others around you and be a positive influence for godliness to those with whom you communicate and with whom you associate on a daily basis. Those who might be listening for the very first time, we're very thankful for you as well. And our prayer is that as you listen for a fairly short period of time even, that you will quickly become aware that we do exactly as the name of the program suggests. We search the scriptures. We dig deep. We look at God's word in depth. We try to present those deeper meanings in a way that is easy to understand and that also makes sense for our daily lives. Now, we know that there are a whole lot of people who listen regularly, very frequently, but you can't listen every day necessarily because of work schedules or one thing or another. We're thankful for every one of you who listen to this program on a continuing basis. And it's so encouraging to us as we meet people and then introduce them uh, to ourselves, giving our name and inviting them to come and worship with us or study with us, visit with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, that so many will tell us, oh, I listened to your radio program. It, it's just tremendously encouraging. And again, it's, it's an example and a testimony as to the power of God's word to reach souls and how God can bless a ministry to reach out to thousands of people on an ongoing basis. He gets all the glory. It's not us. We're simply trying to serve him by teaching his word accurately and effectively and repeatedly and consistently right here on Search the Scriptures. Now, we'd encourage you to come and visit with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. I know that many people, they wonder about their church. Their church has left them, in a sense. They've become more and more liberal. They've gotten farther and farther away from God's Word. Preaching and teaching is more centered around telling stories, good-sounding stories, rather than really digging deep into the Scriptures. Come and check out a church that is trying to be simply the church of the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And that's not a statement in arrogance. That is a statement in humility. Trying to simply be what God designed us to be as his church and the Lord's body, which is the church. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. At the end of the program, we'll give you our address. We'll give you other information as to how you can contact us. We encourage you to have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. Jot down that information and then come and check us out. We also will give you the time of our services and we want you to come. We hope you will. We pray that you will. Now you can also at that point contact us and ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. 
And you can even ask for a copy of today's program on CD. And both are always free, and we'll take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready, and, a little, and in just a little while, we'll give you all of that information. Now today, we're going to continue on this series that we have begun, entitled, Beware of Drifting. We've talked about how we always need to be aware of our spiritual direction, because it's easy to drift into sin, to drift into doctrinal error, to drift into outright unfaithfulness, and all the time not even realizing that we've gotten off course. It happens all of the time. We've talked about how a fisherman might go out and get into a boat. He might take his boat out to a spot where he's catching fish. So he drops his line and he's catching fish on a pretty regular basis for a few minutes, but after a 10 or 15 minutes, he realizes the fish aren't biting anymore. Then he looks around and he says, you know, <laughs> I've drifted away from that spot where the fish were biting. I've got to get back there. Well, what was the problem? He didn't anchor his boat. And so the current of the water gradually drifted him away, and he did not even realize that he was moving away from that spot. The same thing is true when you might have a pilot of a an ocean-going ship at sea, and he's crossing the ocean, and so he knows where he wants to be, and he's set his course for that particular destination, but he doesn't watch his compass carefully enough, and so he gradually drifts off course just a little bit, and drifting off course by one degree, one single degree, depending on how far he is going to be traveling, can set him to cause, uh, cause him to miss his destination by 50 miles or 100 miles or even more. And the same thing is true with a pilot flying an aircraft. He's got to make sure that he keeps his bearings right on. Otherwise, again, just one degree off and he could miss his destination by a great many miles and really never even see the destination that he misses. We need to recognize that there is no more important part of our lives than our spiritual lives and that we need to be careful even more so than in any other part of our lives to make sure that our spiritual compass is always set on target, that we don't drift away from godliness, that we don't drift away from faithfulness, that we don't drift away from dedication and commitment to our Heavenly Father, that we don't drift carelessly into sin and not even realizing a lot of the time that we're drifting. Remember that the technical definition of sin, which we read so many times in the Bible, that particular word, it means a missing of the mark. We don't want to miss the mark in our spiritual lives. We don't want to miss the mark in our spiritual destination, which is heaven. Transgress, another word used in the scriptures to identify sin. Again, technical understanding means to go aside, to go beyond. Again, in other words, to miss the mark or miss our destination. Well, we've talked about how we need to be careful to not drift away from the spiritual course that God has set for us in his word. 
We, we noted that husbands and wives frequently, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the description of a husband or a wife as to their broken relationship and their ultimate dissolution or dissolving of their marriage through divorce say simply, we just drifted away. We just drifted apart. We weren't close anymore. Well, what happened? They weren't paying attention to the compass of their marriage relationship. Now, if marriage partners will always check the compass of their marriage, then it's likely that their marriage will stay on course and they'll stay in love together. And particularly if they've got their marital compass set on God and pleasing him and living faithfully before him and serving him through their marriage, if they're true soulmates, in other words, then it's most likely that they'll stay mates in every other way as, as, as well. Many Christians become careless. They stop paying attention to nurturing their faith. We talked about that. They think they don't really need the church that much anymore, or maybe not at all. They may seldom attend church services anytime. They don't think it's really necessary. And they'll say, well, I can... I can still love God. I can still have a great relationship with God and with Christ without having to be at church services and listening to preaching and teaching. Why did God send his son to establish the church on this earth then? You see, that's a logical question that you need to ask yourself. Of course you need the church. And of course you need to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ on a regular basis because in that way you become strengthened by being in their presence, and you can kind of feed off of their spiritual strength, and they can feed off of your spiritual strength and become strengthened. And all of you need to continue be to be under the sound of God's word. Many Christians don't realize that they don't pray that much anymore. They just kind of drift away from that dedication and that communion with God. But Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17 to pray without ceasing. In other words, to pray every day, to pray regularly throughout the day. And at the end of that listing of the spiritual armor that we're to wear every day to fend off all of the attempts of the devil to lead us into sin, at the very end of that list in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 10, verse 18 says, praying always. Prayer is vital. And a whole lot of folks, they hardly read their Bible at all. But we're told to study or be diligent to present ourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Why? Rightly dividing the word of God. Because he can handle God's word correctly. He can understand it. He knows it. He can make the proper applications. And God's word was given to us by God guiding the inspired writers through the Holy Spirit to write it down just as God wanted it to be, to first guide us to salvation through Christ, and then to guide us to live that faithful and productive spiritual life as a Christian before God. Many find themselves reading and studying God's word less and less, and drifting into less and less communion and communication with God and to focus on his will less and less. Well, let's look a little further. 
many people drift into more and more destructive sin because they're not paying attention to the direct direction their lives are taking until they suddenly find themselves engulfed in sin. Wow. But that happens all the time. They See, they just kind of drift into more and more destructive sin. Not paying attention to what they're doing, where they're going, how they're living, and they become more and more engulfed in sinfulness. You know, Adam and Eve would be a prime example of that. Prime example. When you go back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, God warned mankind in the garden to not partake of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And then when you look at the first eight verses of chapter Genesis chapter 3, we see Eve and then Adam being led into sin through the devil's temptations. The first verse says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And the serpent, now this is simply the devil taking the form of a serpent on that particular occasion, and the devil is crafty. He said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, she's referring to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God has said you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now that was a lie. Now here comes the deception. See, the devil again is very crafty. To lead us, and he's content to lead us gradually into sin, to just lead us to drift away from godliness, if that's what it takes to hook us. So he went on and said, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, can you imagine Eve hearing that and thinking, Well, I can be like God? I can be like him? <laughs> Only to the extent of knowing good and evil. Because to this point, they only knew good. They did not know evil. They were sinless. They were innocent. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, now notice the process that is being taken here, the steps, and the tree desirable to make one wise. Well, that's what the devil had led her to believe. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Oh, so through Eve, the devil also lured Adam into sin. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Well, they had seen no problem in being naked before, because again, they were sinless. They did not know sin. They were innocent. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They withdrew from the presence of God. Imagine that. They withdrew from the presence of God. Now that's what living in sin will do for a person. 
You see, they don't want to be in God's presence because that convicts them of their sinfulness. And so they don't want to even admit that they've been sinful. Adam and Eve were prime examples of being led into sin a step at a time. There's only one end for sin that is not repented of, and that is death. The wages of sin is death. Now remember, back in Genesis 2 and verse 17, God warned the man in the garden, when you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die. Well, sinfulness brings spiritual death, and that's separation from God because of our sin. Romans 6 and verse 23 again, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have the opportunity to be with God, to be with Christ for eternity, with them in heaven. But sin separates us from God. Isaiah the prophet wrote about that. And when we look at James chapter 1, beginning with verse 14, James chapter 1, beginning with verse 14, James wrote along this line as well, and so he said, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Remember how Eve thought the tree looked like it was, or the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil looked like it was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes? that it was desirable to make one wise. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. See, what Eve thought she desired led her to sin, to directly disobey God, and ultimately to lead her husband into sin, and both of them to withdraw from God's presence because of their sin. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now you know the rest of the story in Genesis chapter 3. After they sinned, God expelled them from the Garden of Eden, where the tree of life was situated. That tree of life bore fruit that as long as they would continue to eat of it, they would live forever, right here in this earth. But you see, that required their staying faithful to God and staying away from sin. When they entered into sinfulness, then physical death became a reality because God removed them from access to the tree of life. Now, the tree of life is still waiting for us in heaven, but that's where it is. Nowhere on this earth will it be found. And so we want to be in heaven where we can live forever with our Father and with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Physical death is a result of sin. Spiritual death, separation from God, that's a result of sin as well. But we can be forgiven of our sin that separates us from God through Jesus Christ. That's why he came to this earth, to go to that cross and pay the price through his death, through the shedding of his blood, to pay the price for the guilt of our sins.
so that we could be forgiven as we come to him in faithful obedience, believing in him to be God's son and our Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him as we repent of our sins and openly confess our faith in him and be baptized, immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of our sins so that the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. And as we come to him in that way, then our sins are forgiven. We are redeemed. We're given that second chance on life, (laughs) spiritual life, eternal life, And we are in a state of salvation in Christ. How blessed we are that God did not turn his back on us because of our sin, but rather made the way by sending Christ into this world as our Savior for us to be forgiven of our sins if we will come to him in faithful obedience. And don't miss that obedience part so that we could be forgiven and we could be with God and Christ in heaven forever. We need to recognize that sin is not just a bad thing. It is absolutely soul destructive, eternally destructive. The greatest problem facing mankind in this world is not drought or famine It is not supposed global warming. It is not wars and violence or terrorism. It is sin. It is sin. And until people come to recognize that reality, that fact, they're going to continue to suffer the consequences of sin. And this world is going to continue to suffer the consequences of a humanity that is engulfed in sin and unfaithfulness before God and ungodliness. For those who have been living in this world for quite a long time, it looks like things are getting worse and worse from a moral and from a, an ungodly perspective. Jesus Christ is the answer. But so many people have drifted away from God, gradually, without realizing it, that they're no longer walking with him. They've got to come back. Maybe you do. And in just a minute, we'll tell you how you can contact us and ask for the free Bible study that will teach you right from God's word how you can do that. So write that down and then contact us right away. We want to hear from you. 